You're listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. Hello and welcome to Future Thinking from Stylus. I'm your host, Christian Ward, and this week's episode is a South by Southwest special. Last week, I traveled to Austin, Texas with my Stylus colleagues and interviewed a host of brands and startups who were showcasing their products at the annual Festival of Creativity and Innovation. Coming up, you'll hear from companies who are reinventing space travel, holographic communication, virtual reality surgery, and more, as well as hear about the key trends that emerged from South By, courtesy of my colleague Julia Ehrens. First up, we hear from Raja Haddad, Vice President of Product Marketing at Spatial, Spatial is an extended reality company specializing in immersive audio. At South By, Spatial showcased this audio experience in a specially designed holodeck where visitors were transported via sound to the beach, the ocean floor, and even into outer space. Here's Raja with more. We're a software company that is trying to create the next standard of immersive experiences. And we started with sound. And for us, it's really important because we do believe sound is actually the most underutilized sense in creating human experiences. And you see that everywhere. We've learned over the years to design visually everything beautifully. And we've learned to design architecturally in a very beautiful and user-centric way. But... Once you start noticing the sound and the experiences that you have, you're like, we can do better. And, and, and you wonder, why not? So we're, we're a software platform. We have a creation tool that is Spatial Studio. And that's, imagine, a 3D like, engine and design engine and tool. So the equivalent for the visual world or the gaming world would be Unreal or Unity. And it's, you have your XYZ axis and you take sound objects that can be anything and you put them in the space and you tell them what to do and you design around that. And that can include motion, it includes distance effect, it includes entropy, randomness, all that. And, and once you start realizing what that tool enables you to do, then you realize that you can envelop people with sound instead of just shooting it at them. So... That's Spatial Studio. The next part of our software is how do you get into real spaces? And so that's what, what we call Spatial Reality. And Reality is our performance engine, and it's a real-time performance engine. It runs on a simple Mac Mini. It connects to any kind of hardware audio equipment that you have. And so once it's connected to that, it takes those soundscapes that we've created or that, as of last week, anyone in the world can create, and then it renders it in real time for the space itself and the speaker configuration. And so that's how we do this like full immersion. And we use like the real physics of sound to actually do that. So we're trying to recreate what reality sounds like in a place where you cannot bring reality in. And so imagine a hospital waiting room or like a retail store or a hotel or a theme park or any of these spaces it's not easy to always have like the sound of a beautiful beach like in all these environments in a realistic way. And, and the brain is smart. The brain knows when something is fake. And so that's why getting that realistic impact is really, really important for us. Because once you have that, then the technology goes away and the impact is the hero. So maybe talk to me a little bit about what effect does this have on people in a retail environment and why would the retail brand want to to be doing this everyone's been trying to like for years say oh retail's going away everything is like 
digital, online, all that stuff. What's the point of showing up? I don't believe in all that. I think right now is actually a really exciting time for retail because it's a time to reinvent and it's a time to sort of ask yourself the question, what is the true purpose of retail? And, and it's the evolution. It's basically what, what does your client need when they physically come to your destination? Because if it's just a transaction, they can do it online. And, and so once you start asking yourself that question, let's think about how we design those retail experiences from the beginning with all these layers in mind. Sound is still a missing layer. And, and that's where I think the big opportunity for retail is. I had the chance in the last couple of years to help launch a fashion brand. And fashion is interesting. Sometimes you're selling a coat in the summer when, when you're like, you might want to be in the winter time frame. Or like, I always think about the dressing room as the place where you make your decision. Do I want this thing or not? And in most cases, even in the, the, some of the best retail brands in the world, some of the biggest fashion brands in the world, once I go to the dressing room, it's either too cold or too hot. It's either too noisy or too quiet. And like, you feel like kind of pressure to just like get it done with and go out. And so why not transport people to where they need to be? And like, if someone is shopping for a gala dressing gown, have them be like walking a red carpet, like have them immerse them in that sound in that space and see like do I feel good in this dress like or if I'm going to the beach I'm planning a vacation to Hawaii and I want to like figure out like what cute outfits I want to take take me to the beach at my decision point like that's the, so so that's another thing and then for retail particularly again back of house is a huge part of the retail experience because that's where your staff and team are like hectically going back and forth, sometimes like res going back to just take a little breather and then coming back on the floor. So how can we make that back of house experience amazing for the retail team members as well? So there's, there's a lot of science behind sound in terms of using auditory beat simulation, using other types of like brain entrainment. And these things can layer on top of existing soundscapes. So someone can decide, we can decide, okay, the back of the house today wants to be like in a Amazonian jungle, which is great. They'll be in an Amazonian jungle, but then we add a layer of auditory beast simulation that say is more relaxing, like induces the brain to relax a bit. And so you don't even notice that, but the sound is helping you energize and relax like in those 10, 15 minutes that you have to spare, like while you're in between shifts, or if you're like always in the back of the house dealing with like runners calling you and like, I need this, I need that, I have this problem, all that stuff. So there's so many applications in that retail world, like at every step of the customer journey, as well as the team journey, that I think sound, sound is, is like the biggest treasure yet that is untapped. Now, the first of our quick insights into key South by trends from Julia Ahrens, Stylus's editor of Pop Culture and Media. First up, it's the inevitable M word. So obviously it's not going to come to anybody's surprise that all you hear every day is, in every session, the word metaverse. I went to a session on fashion in the metaverse, which included people from Ralph Lauren. And I think when we currently think about digital fashion, we're obviously thinking about pristine clothes, everything looks really nice. However, there's a great gaming researcher, Robin Honecke, who mentioned she's working on dynamic clothing and just really exploring the space, which means that actually the items you own digitally could age with you and acquire patina. And then when we're looking at the metaverse and thinking about these places that are meant to be livable and lived in, 
the idea that you can actually own objects online virtually that do, however, develop a history of their own. I think that gets really interesting for the kind of persistent spaces we're looking into for the next 10 to 15 years. I spoke with a lot of companies creating tools and products to help consumers and brands better navigate the nascent metaverse. One of the most interesting products came from Qualcomm, AI-designed avatars. Here's Qualcomm's Fred Kim with more. Qualcomm is one of the largest semiconductor companies in the world, and our mobile processor is called Snapdragon. And we're featuring here today the ability to create an AI-generated avatar using Snapdragon for the metaverse. So this activation is called My Metaverse Style, and we are doing a facial scan to detect your gender, your facial features, etc., and generating an avatar in the cloud. So we're taking advantage of the high speeds of 5G enabled by Snapdragon, as well as the processing power in the cloud to create these sophisticated avatars. So in this case, we are the ticket to the metaverse where you're creating an avatar that can eventually be ported or taken into the metaverse. And we're doing some customization with your hairstyle, your clothing, the environment that you're in, the accessories that you're carrying. But certainly in the future, it could be an endless number of possibilities that customize your avatar. Some can argue that the metaverse is here. You have certainly worlds in gaming where you can create an avatar and you participate that avatar in that universe. In terms of more commercially viable ones, it might take a few years, but certainly Qualcomm will be there to help enable those experiences. I think brands should be thinking about how people are going to get to the metaverse. Qualcomm enables these kind of high-speed connections enabled by 5G millimeter wave so that you can be on the metaverse or in the metaverse from anywhere on the go, whether it's using a smartphone or a PC and the like. You're also going to want devices that now allow you to enter the metaverse, such as AR or VR headsets. So you want to be able to have sophisticated, lightweight, power-efficient devices that enable you to get to the metaverse. Another company innovating in the virtual human space is Proto, a two-way interactive holographic communications platform. They demonstrated their hologram creation tools at the South by Southwest Creative Expo, a huge hall in the Austin Convention Center where startups from all around the world showcase their latest products to South by visitors. Here's Proto's Noah Rothstein to explain. It's a live hologram communication device, so you can beam in in real time. Whoever's standing in front of the box, the camera sees them, and then you appear as your hologram self, and you can talk and interact to one audience or as many audiences in different locations. So you can be in your living room and essentially beam in to London, Japan, Tokyo, you know, the whole deal. And, and, or you can display objects like clothing and retail and, and provide kind of a showcase that appears volumetric in, inside the box. So we, we assemble, we can give you the kit. All of it is just standard off-the-shelf off 4K camera, one light, one white backdrop. Right now, we actually just came out with a cell phone app which allows you to create and, and beam in from just your cell phone. So yeah, it's, it's pretty simple because part of the beauty of Brodo is that anyone can create their own content and one camera, but you still appear volumetric. So the app's out there, it's still in beta. We're not fully, fully tested yet, but we should be out in the next month or two with it being fully functional to beam in. Then you can either have the big one or we just came out with the M, which is the mini that's meant to go in everyone's home so they can beam and say hello to grandma. 
Now back to Julia with the second of our quick insights into key South by themes. Panels dedicated to gaming as a culture have really proliferated in the last three years since the festival last took place. And within that, really interesting conversation actually about how the size of the gaming audience really demands that culture within gaming shifts towards more inclusive strategies and very openly promotes these kind of approaches and really opening up a wider access point to people from all backgrounds to participate in the gaming world, which they already do, but this is now being celebrated. And you can also see that audience interest in gaming content is really taking off. I mean, I think one of the biggest crowds I've seen so far this year was outside of an esports event down on 2nd Street. So all of that is really coming together to demonstrate how the advancements in social connections and interactive content that we're obviously seeing out of the interactive entertainment sector are really driving innovation in media in 2022. Gaming startups were a key presence at the South by Creative Expo, including an unusual and important project from the Human Rights Foundation. Here's HRF's Jenny Wang. My name is Jenny. I'm with the Human Rights Foundation. We are a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization based in New York City, and our main mission is to promote and protect human rights in close societies. So that's China, that's Russia, that's North Korea, Iran, etc. What makes the Human Rights Foundation so different from other human rights organizations, in my opinion, is that we like to focus on working with a lot of different industries. It's like the gaming industry, the fashion industry, the sports industry, entrepreneurs, tech, etc. to kind of raise awareness about human rights to an audience that may not be paying attention to current affairs or the news. Our booth this year features how video games can be an avenue for activism to raise awareness. We're featuring three different games here. One of them is called the Uncensored Library, and it's spearheaded by an organization called Reporters Without Borders. And the premise of this is that it goes into the world of Minecraft. And there's a library in there. You can explore all these different books and documents and articles that are banned in Russia or North Korea, for example. So we find that to be a very exciting way and a very creative way to spread awareness about censorship. Next, this game here is called Name of the Will. It was inspired by the 2019 pro-democracy protests in Hong Kong. And it kind of imagines a future, a dystopian future, of what Hong Kong may be. And then the third one here is called Blindfold, and is spearheaded by Ink Studios. And it takes place in Iran. Iran is an authoritarian regime where there is no free press. And it puts you into the shoes of a photojournalist that gets arrested and is sent into prison, and they are faced with forced confessions. So this is kind of like a really quick example of how we like to connect different industries, an example of how we're connecting with the gaming industry, and, you know, really encouraging creativity. The continued mainstreaming of virtual reality was also a big theme this year. While many of the VR startups at the event were in the gaming and entertainment spaces, I spoke to one company using the technology to help healthcare practitioners. Here's Mariko Fujimoto from Japanese VR company Jolly Good. We are a VR company providing a VR clinical trainings currently operating in Japan. And we are actually the top provider of this type of medical VR services and over 2000 hospitals have already implemented this system in Japan. Ever since the pandemic, like it's even like more difficult for medical students and trainees to actually go to hospitals and watch surgeries. And then even if you do, it is really difficult to actually see what the surgeon is doing because those students have to sit in the back of the room. So with this system, basically you can see 
the surgical steps from the point of view of the surgeon. So you can see what it really is like, you can experience it. We also provide a system so that the hospitals can record what the surgery is like. And then they can provide these footages in VR to their students. It is important because like education in like surgical training is, is like really difficult. Like even before pandemic, it has been an issue where there hasn't been like enough training is going on because the to be able to get an actual learning experience, like you have to see the surgery, which surgery doesn't happen, you know, like as many as you wish and which is good, less injured people, but you know, so being able to see this training module again and again and like learn is like very important regardless of pandemic. For those who want to be wowed by real, not just virtual experiences, then start saving up now to buy a ticket on Worldview Enterprises' space balloon trip. I spoke to the company's president of tourism and exploration, Dale Hipsch. So what we are at Worldview Space is we are looking to inspire transformative experiences by using our stratospheric balloon as an opportunity for our explorers to have the overview effect. And we'll be going up in 2024, and our seats are $50,000. So a five-hour, six-hour journey, we could stay up as much as 12, depending on which celestial events we may want to observe. But at six hours for 50000 price per minute, by far the cheapest solution for taking you into space. We're very excited to be launching in 2024. One of the reasons that we're building at the Seven Wonders of the World, Grand Canyon being the first, the Great Barrier Reef being the second, is the idea that what is most possible to create the overview effect is astronauts tell us when they see something that they recognize. From, and so the idea of being able to have taken you into the Grand Canyon to see the smallness of humanity against the scale of the Grand Canyon and then lifting you up 23 miles above the Earth to see what only a ribbon it is, we believe we'll have a really good opportunity to inspire and evoke that overview effect. Our goal is to democratize space, change their perspectives, and build an incredible army of ambassadors for the, for the planet Earth to come back and be great citizens and save the planet. Now, one final insight from Julia about another key trend from South By she noted during the course of the week. The future of any kind of communication landscape is going to be those brands who manage to build creator communities. And by that, I don't necessarily mean the evolution of the influencer creator, but literally everyone. Creative tools are proliferating creation platforms are really drawing the huge audiences now and these tools are out there for kids and adults who create their own content and if you don't get on board with that they're going to leave you behind why should they wait for a triple a gaming company to create the thing they want when they can make it themselves julia and alex hawkins senior editor of pop culture and media will be publishing a series of south by reports full of even more insights and analysis on the stylus website next week so check them out if you're a stylus member that's it for this edition of Future Thinking. I hope you enjoyed it and I'd love to hear your feedback. On Twitter, we're at stylus underscore live and I'm at Christian Ward. And on Instagram, you can find us at We Are Stylus. See you next time. You've been listening to Future Thinking from Stylus, the show where our analysts, alongside industry thought leaders, unpack the big trends you need to know about. Find out more about what the future holds for your business at stylus.com. And if you like what you heard today, make sure you subscribe to Future Thinking in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to hear new episodes as soon as they're available.